We're starting out with ACDC. It's going to be a good day, hopefully better than yesterday, but i got to commend Scott, producer Scott, and Britton Gray for stepping in when the Internet went down where I live in San Jose, California. It's actually still down in where I live in California, but I've moved to the big rank SAP Center at San Jose, home of the San Jose Sharks. Sitting at my desk right now, Internet is strong, so uh, we should be good to go all day today welcome to the green zone drew remenda with you here jamie nye is in edmonton uh, or was in edmonton last night he was at the kraken oiler game oh you should have you should have seen so last night we're on this I'll, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit murray wood the boss he made us all get on this stupid whatsapp thing right and it is stupid because i can't stand group texting it drives me nuts because most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, I don't care what you're thinking about a certain thing at any time in my day. But we have to be on it because somehow it opens up communication. Anyway, you should have read when the Kraken got up to nothing, the typical Euler fans that are on this WhatsApp and work at Rolco how they were typical Oiler fans. It was 2-0 with five minutes left in the first period. And they were all over Jamie and I and all over this, oh, the Oilers in there, it's the cursing. <sighs> it's a 60-minute game, folks. Calm down. But anyway, I digress. The Oilers win. They've extended their their winning streak to a record number with uh, in, within the Euler franchise. And Jamie Nye's curse obviously doesn't work. So that's that on that issue. But you should have you seen the Euler fans. It's just doomsday from day one, from minute one. Lots to go on the show today. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL playoff weekend, the Ravens versus the, the uh, Texans. The 49ers versus the Packers on Saturday. Buccaneers versus Lions and Chiefs versus Bills on a very snowy. You just heard a report on Rocco Radio. The Chiefs versus the Bills on Sunday in Buffalo where there's more snow headed. They already got whacked yesterday. And they are they're feeling it and they're asking for more volunteers again to shovel the snow. We're also going to talk UFC 297 in Toronto on Saturday. If you are a fight fan, which you know I am, I'm unfortunately going to be missing that because uh, I've got another job I have to do that I'll be broadcasting the Ducks and the Sharks. But UFC 297, I'll make sure I record that and watch that when I get home. Uh, Sean Strickland versus Driscus Duplessis. That's how you say it, by the way, even though everybody butchers it. The... Uh, Sean Strickland has been wowing everybody in Toronto and across the fight world with his blunt, straight-ahead talk. And speaking of that, we're going to talk about athletes talking the talk and using their platform to discuss social issues on our Friday face-off, whether you want to see or hear athletes do that or not. Orders, as I said, 12 straight games beat the Kraken last night. Jamie Nye was in attendance. His voodoo curses did not work. Hockey day in Canada tomorrow. Throughout the day, I'm asking you, 1-877-332-8255. What does hockey mean to you? 
from a Canadian viewpoint. What do you think when it comes to Hockey Day in Canada? And forget the, the how it's broadcast, or forget the 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 push from the networks to think about this and think about that in in a way. What does it mean to you? What's a Canadian hockey player mean to you? What does the game of hockey mean to you in in relationship to being a Canadian? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. The big news today is that it looks like lights out for Sports Illustrated, a magazine that um, when I was a kid we got delivered to our house. Uh, Evan Bray talked about it this morning. That, but Sports Illustrated has let go all of their staff, entire entire staff, and it says the future is unclear. But uh, the Arena Group, which publishes Sports Illustrated, recently missed a $3.75 million payment to Sports Illustrated's license holder, Authentic, leading Authentic to sever the deal on Friday, that is today, Arena started laying off employees and everybody's gone. So it looks like the lights will be going out on Sports Illustrated. Many are are blaming the drop in subscriptions, the drop in SI sales on the new, it's not my word, it's theirs, woke view of Force Illustrated, their staffers and their writers, and um, the changing, the drastic changing of the swimsuit issues. That was the big seller, right? And that's the only reason you're buying Sports Illustrated, you're wasting your money. So a lot of, of things will still be uh, determined regarding Sports Illustrated, but they're the the Sports Illustrated Guild, the the union, is trying to fight for their employees. But at one time, Sports Illustrated was the magazine. When I was a kid, we had it. We got it. It came to our, it came to our door. My brothers and I read Sports Illustrated religiously. But now it is looking very, very unclear on what's happening. Well, it's not only that. It's not only just Sports Illustrated. It's it's just the way that sports journalism is nowadays. You look at all the papers, newspapers, and the cut, the cutbacks, the absolute disintegration, elimination of sports journalism with the local newspapers. You look at the way that we consume media these days as opposed to the old days. There's some subscription services that are working. The Athletic, which some some of us read, but it's a subscription service. But even then, they're struggling. They laid off a bunch of people. In the NHL, we used to see our writer, our local writers here in San Jose, they would fly and follow the team wherever they went. Doesn't happen anymore. When you go to other rinks, the Canadian rinks, there is there is still media there, print media there. But there's just as many internet media there. There's just as many TV people there. Never used to be that way. You go to Toronto, you still got the writers there. 
and people who write sports, write about sports for a living, they are struggling or they're just working their tails off, burning the candle at every end. So it's the way that we consume media nowadays or consume news nowadays that has put, I think, Sports Illustrated in this situation. It's just what has happened with the Internet. Do you still buy a newspaper? Do you still read the newspaper? Do you still go to the newspaper for sports? I don't. 1-877-332-8255. Let me give you a lineup today on who's going to be on the program. Ed Norris, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. He hosts the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7, and we are going to talk about the Big Bad Baltimore Ravens as he previews this weekend, Ravens versus the Texans, Lamar versus CJ. There's so much. I was so impressed on Christmas Day when uh, my boys and I went to the Niners and the Ravens game. Not impressed with the Niners, really impressed with Baltimore. Their run game, including Lamar, spectacular. Lamar extends plays, unreal how he keeps plays alive. And their front seven are quick, big, and they put pressure on from the ends. It's tough for any quarterback to play. We'll talk to Ed about that. UFC 297 coming up in uh, one day tomorrow in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. There's some good Canadian fighters fighting, of course. Canada is a great market for the UFC. We are a very passionate fan base when it comes to mixed martial arts. And Aaron Bronstadt, we haven't talked to Aaron in a while. He's a UFC reporter. He's an outstanding intellect, when it, an insight when it comes to the uh, the fight game. We'll talk about this fight. A lot has been made of it because of Sean Strickland and how blunt he has been with the media, how he goes after people in the media. He is, a, I would say, a very direct, conservative individual who, with a lot of today's media, and you know what I'm talking about if you listen to Evan Bray, if you listened to John Gormley back in the day, and I know you did, and the type of people we are in Saskatchewan. Today's media has a certain um, belief system. They're more, um, they're more apt to be activists rather than journalists. And in the fight game, it's usually pretty straight down the middle, but um, sometimes it's not. And Sean Strickland has let those people know in Toronto that He's not going to just take their take their gotcha questions and lay down for them. So we'll talk about that. But it's going to be a very interesting fight. And I'm wondering with Sean Strickland, was his winning of the belt against uh, Israel Adesanya, was that the evolution of a great fighter? Finally getting to the point of the top of the mountain? Or was it just his best night? We'll talk about that. The Friday face-off, we're actually going to talk about athletes and how they talk to us and how they use their platform and do you want them to do you want to hear what they have to say on social injustice uh, social justice issues do you want to hear what they have to say regarding race sexuality genders you name it we're going to talk about that our friday face off it's me versus versus you and Football of Four, Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports in San Francisco. And Matt has, covers the Niners, does a great job doing it. We're going to preview the Niners and the Packers. 
435, Eric Francis joins us and drops the gloves. Eric Francis from Sportsnet. Eric covers the Calgary Flames, does a great job. I will say that when it comes to being the best-dressed men in hockey, it used to be that we actually, when I was doing the uh, the segment, was just one segment that I did. When I did Drop the Gloves, I was touted by the uh, by the big voice, Dallas Dole is the best-dressed guy in hockey. I'm not. It is between Henrik Lundqvist and Eric Francis. I'm a distant third compared to those two guys. We'll talk to Eric not only about his fashion sense, but also about the Calgary Flames and the, the goal that didn't count where Connor Zary, Saskatoon's Connor Zary, tied it up, but it was it was disallowed because of a I don't think it was a hand pass, I think it was a puck off the glove. The spirit of the rule to me on that one was meh. Um Sasky Spotlight, Britton Gray will bring us a Sasky Spotlight. Shane Clausing uh, as has a ton on on uh, what's going on in Saskatchewan with our Sasky Spotlight. So that's all to come on the show. When we come back, I will give you the very disappointing results of our NHL Saskatchewan draft. I've often thought that most people that I know and talk to uh, on a daily basis don't know anything about hockey, and I'm sorry to say this to you, people who voted on X, you're in that group with the results. I am I'm the Donald Trump right now of this poll. I think this election was rigged. We'll be back on the Green Zone. 650 CKOM, 980 CGME. You know, a, a few, a couple years ago, I I uh, retired old Drew. There's an old Drew and a new Drew. I, I'm being much better as far as not lashing out at people and, and getting really emotional about things, especially when it comes to Nye and his ridiculous takes on sports and other issues. And... Um, I've, I've been much calmer about things, but today I am, I got to tell you, I'm ticked off, folks. I'm mad. I'm upset because um, this is garbage right here. We had the draft last week. We had the draft last week about uh, drafting sports teams or sorry, hockey team, right, from Saskatchewan. And then we asked you to vote on it. it I, what are you thinking, voters on X? What are you thinking? Did you not look at the teams? Did you just want to suck up to Nye right off the bat? What is wrong with you? Nye wins 39%. Scotty's 35%. Scotty picked a good team. I'm 18%. 18%. And Daryl Day's 8%. Or Daryl Davis is 8%. Well, he picked like the oldest team in the world. How can you actually justify having Nye at 39% with that team? I am. I am. I'm disappointed. I'm upset. But I'm not, you know, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in you, ex Saskatchewan Green Zone listeners. I'm disappointed in you. This is garbage. I want an investigation. This is Russia collusion. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you with us. We are, of course, all over the NFL playoffs this weekend. Big game. Ravens versus Texans. That's Saturday. Texans surprising everybody as advancing against the Baltimore Ravens, who, as I saw on Christmas Day, I told you on Christmas Day, they were awesome against the Niners. But let's get to the host of the Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Ed Norse joins us, the host of that program. Ed, thanks very much for coming to talk to Saskatchewan about the Baltimore Ravens. No, I'm excited to talk to you, Drew. This is the 
pretty exciting time here right now. Ed, I got to ask you though, you're Ed Norris from The Wire. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> one of the one of the very few series I ever watched. It was The Wire and uh, Justified, and I'm watching Reacher right now. But other than that, you're 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 famous for crying out loud. Yeah, I, I backed into that. It was funny. It was a, I did it as a joke, kind of, for one episode. And then the, David Simon approached me as I walked up the set. He says, you're not bad. You want to do it again? I got five years out of it. That's, so, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah, I am, I'm honored to talk to you. I really am. Um, hey, I'm a hockey fan. I, I, when I heard you with the Sharks, I'm yep, I'm on. <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I noticed on one of your photos, you're wearing a, a Tampa jersey. So I don't blame you for yep. that one, without a doubt. Um Let's talk about, I, I was at the Christmas game here in San Jose when uh, the Ravens came in and demolished the 49ers. I, I was so impressed of so many areas of the game. And, and right now, going into this game, the Ravens are, uh, I think, a nine and a half point uh, favorite. They are, yeah. Yeah. So when you look at this game, uh, this is kind of a weird question for you, but is there any way they could lose this game, the way that they are built right now and how healthy they are? The only way they're going to lose this game is if, if they beat themselves, and I mean by turning over the ball. That was an issue earlier in the season. They were turning the ball over frequently, and it, you know you know how that works. It's just yeah. quick change, momentum shifts, and you give short fields to the opposition. But honestly, this you know I've, I've been here in Baltimore since the Ravens won the first Super Bowl, and this is the best Ravens team I've ever seen, and that includes the 2000 team with that iconic defense. This is a more complete team. They're better than 2019. They're better than the 2012 team that beat the 49ers. Um, this is the best team I've ever seen. If they don't go to the Super Bowl, and I don't know if they win, but if they don't go, I'll be shocked. They were, and I think they have been all season long, the most under-talked-about great team in the league. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I and I couldn't understand it. We, this this is a yeah. funny town. Like they've got a little bit of chip on the shoulder in this town where they would like being the underdog, and nobody likes this because between DC and New York and Philly, and but the fact is the Ravens. Think about what they did this year. They demolished teams that are playoff teams. Now. They they crushed the Lions, like thirty-eight six, I believe. They they spanked the Forty ers They crushed the Dolphins. They did it to Jacksonville when they were hot. They didn't just beat teams. They were just embarrassing teams. And like, how is nobody talking about this team? This looks like an historic march. We were, we were, my boys and I, uh, my boys uh, coach football up in Canada. They came down to visit for, for, um, for, for Christmas. And we went to that game. And one of the things my one son talked about was the pressure that they bring, especially from the ends uh, on their front seven is, is dynamic. When you are looking at a a young rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, who was, amazing against the Browns and a very good defense there. Um, would that be, you think, the game plan? I think it's the key to the game because the Ravens led the NFL in sacks this year. Um, and you, you mentioned the outside. They've had two guys, they, you know, Kyle Van Noy and Jadavian Clowney, who were kind of the, you know, they look at the end of their careers. They've been reborn here. Like they went to Lords and just got reborn. <laughs> and they've been fantastic. And then they got you know, Justin Matabike in the middle People comparing him to Aaron, Aaron Donald this year. He's, yeah, I think 12, 13 sacks this year as an interior lineman. So they bring a tremendous amount of pressure. The Texas offensive line is kind of depleted. The best player they have, I believe, is Laramie Tunsil. The yeah. center is kind of, not, it looks a little weak. Their guards are a little weak because they're like playing with third and fourth string people. 
I think they're going to have a tough time with the pass rush. Um, and I, I assume Mike McDonald's going to bring it and bring it heavy. Ed Norris, host of the 105.7 The Fan Big Bad Morning Show, talking about the Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans, coming up on Saturday. Um, we have to talk about Lamar. It, it, he was so impressive to watch. What do you have, over 800 yards this year in, 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 run, in rushing? In rushing, like 831. <laughs> yeah, he's over 800 yards in rushing. Yeah, he, he, averages six, he averages six yards a carry in his life, his career with the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, he ex- it's amazing how he extends plays. Absolutely amazing. Where he should be sacked, and he's not. Yeah, he, he's he's a very different guy. He just is. Um, <laughs> it's not just his, his flat out speed. He if people need to remember he wouldn't even he didn't even get tested at the combine because he didn't want people to know how fast he was because he wanted to convert to receiver. He's that fast, and he's the fastest guy in the field. But it's more than that. He's so elusive. Oh, people right. have him, and they don't have him, and. I just and and now he's become a, a true passer where he's more patient in the pocket. And the, the year he won the MVP last time, and I assume he's going to win it again. Oh yeah. When he won it in 2019, he would just take off on the signs of pressure. He would he would go and he gained seven yards, twelve yards, twenty five yards. Now he stays and he just lose pressure and and has been dropping dimes into the receivers, which he finally has a receiving core. Um, and he's a, he's a special player. He's truly different, and and I think he doesn't get enough credit. And I don't know if it's his Florida accent. He's a, he's one of the nicest athletes you ever meet. He's humble. He's polite. He's coachable. I mean, the coaches love him. Um, he's just he's a really a tremendous asset to the team in the city. It's amazing how much he is, as you talked about, how much he's grown and evolved as a quarterback. Where would the credit go for that? Besides, of course, the athlete himself. Uh, I, you know, I've got to give credit, and I think this is it's like true in every city. I think John Harbaugh deserves a lot of credit yeah. um, because, you know, like everywhere, people like, you know, the, the Steelers get bounced from the playoffs and people want Tomlin out. The guy's never had a losing season. Harbaugh's the same kind of coach. He's had a Super Bowl. We go to the playoffs all the time. And yet people are like, yeah, because he'll make a bad, you know, judgment with a timeout or a challenge and they want to run him out of town. He's responsible for all this, he's brought in good assistance. I had lunch with him when they brought Lamar in, and it was, he actually just said to me, you're going to see an offense that you've never seen in the NFL because of this guy. We're going to create it around him, and he did. They actually created a whole offense around Lamar Jackson, and I give Harbaugh credit for adapting. He's been here since you know, 2008, um, and I, I, he's adapted with the times. He's adapted to new players, and they continue to win, and I just don't think he gets enough credit, and I think he deserves you know the lion's share. But Munkin's been a big addition, obviously, because you had you – know, Greg Roman, who was a run-first guy and, and great running offense. But I think Munkins made a big difference in Lamar's confidence. They gave him more ability to change plays at the line. They bring him out to the line quicker. When Roman was here, they were going, they would get up to the line with five seconds, eight seconds left on the yeah. play clock. And it, it was not good. He couldn't change anything. This is a very different team with a different offensive coordinator. Tom Munkins deserves a lot of credit. Host of the Big Bad Morning Show in Baltimore, Ed Norris, joining us talking about the Ravens and the Texans. You mentioned a strong running game. Lamar is certainly one of the guys there, but you've got a couple of our running backs that have had some pretty good seasons as well. Tell me about Edwards and Hill. Uh, Edwards and Hill, yeah. I mean, you forget about J.K. Dobbins, who was the best of the bunch oh, we yeah. lost early in yeah. the season. Yeah. We lose the best running back we've had, and then Gus Edwards come in, and Gus is just another guy. You know, He's a five yards to carry. Whenever you get the ball, it's, it's at least five yards. He falls forward, never falls back. Another <laughs> guy that I think is really underrated. Justice Hill brings speed to the game. 
uh, we lost Keaton Mitchell, who was actually our biggest speed back. So we lost two great running backs, and you don't miss a beat here. You just don't because you've got Gus the Bus, who's uh, he's a beast. He's like he's over he's about two hundred forty pounds, um, and can run and just. And then you got you know Justice Hill, who's is the opposite of that. He probably weighs one hundred ninety pounds. I've seen him in person. He's not whatever to list him at. But he can run, and he's fast. He really can. He's a great runner. And like, so we've got that. And then I think that what really makes them super successful is the fact that Lamar is such a threat because you have to account for him. Yeah. You have to. And it's like, you know, most teams play 11 on 10 when they're playing an offense. When you play the Ravens, you're playing 11 on 11 because you have to account for Lamar to run the ball. So when when we look at the Texans, and they had a terrific job against the Browns, who have a very good defense on their own, what worries yeah. you about the Texans? What worries about the Texans is they're um, they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball, I believe, a little bit. Um, yeah. But the Ravens have they've struggled stopping the run on the outside. The, it's, it's but it's a weird thing. Like the eye test tells you that they're giving up plays, you know, both on the outside runs, jet sweeps, and the like, and up the middle. Play, play teams are gouges up the middle. However, it's still one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So they're not that bad. It's just I just think sometimes visually you see teams. They're able to run up the middle and gut run against them, and, and you know, jet sweeps have been vulnerable too. Um, that's my biggest concern because guys that have come back, you know, Roquan Smith coming to the Ravens changed everything. Um, he's clearly clear the best little middle linebacker we've had since Ray Lewis. Um, and then Kyle Hamilton, who was kind of started off slow when he came out of Notre Dame, he may be the best player on the defense, and he's a hybrid where. I don't even quite know what position he plays. He's, he's a slot corner. He's a strong safety. But the guy can play, and I think he makes a real – and we haven't had him for the last couple of weeks. So I think that the deficiencies we've seen will be, you know, they'll all be cured by, by Hamilton being back in the lineup. Um, before I let you go, the around the league, when you're looking at the games coming up between Kansas City and the Bills and, and the Niners and the Packers, um, as we, as we look forward – who are you looking at that, that you think, I'm really interested in that game because I think it could be surprising? Uh, the Buccaneers-Lions. Ah, okay. Actually, yeah. That's what, the Bills, I think the Bills are going to take the Chiefs. You know, people say, oh, the, Bills, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. The Bills have won the last two outings, and they always play at Arrowhead. And I think the Bills are very hot right now, and they're very talented. So I think they're going to win that game. The 49ers are the class of the NFC, my opinion. Yeah. But... I, I've been a, I've been on the Lions bandwagon for a couple of years. I, I like Dan Campbell and what he's done, and I, I always like the Buccaneers. And I, I think Baker Mayfield's getting a bad rap. He's the guy was a Heisman winner, number one overall draft pick. He's bounced around obviously for other reasons. He's hot as a, he's hot right now. Yeah. And I think as much as the Lions, they go the better team. I think Tampa Bay may win this in Detroit. Um, that's the one I'm really we you know we argued about this on the show this morning, but I think that's the one I'm. I'm most intrigued by because I think that's the one that's going to be the upset. Give me an athlete with something to prove. I'll take him every day, right? A hundred percent. That's why this is why we're so hot on Lamar right now. Yeah. You know how the criticism he's received can't win the big game. Can't win the postseason. Yeah. Most talented guy in the league, but he can't win the big. He's locked in. Look at his eyes. <laughs> I'm dead yeah. Look at that man's yeah. eyes. He's locked in. He doesn't laugh after press conferences and after wins. They beat the 49ers like they were playing the JV. And he was like, "Now we got more to prove. We got more to prove." So I, I really think he's the guy. Ed, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for talking to Saskatchewan, and uh, it was great meeting you over the year. 
Yeah, it was great talking to you too. Hope we could talk hockey one day. It's still my favorite sport. <laughs> I'd love to, buddy. Love to. We're going to keep. I'm going to take you up on that for sure, without a doubt. All right, stay in touch. Thanks, Ed. Ed Norris, host of the Big Bad Morning Show, one hundred five point seven. Also, five seasons on the Wire. Who played? He played Detective Ed Norris on the Wire. He is a, by the way, a law enforcement, a former law enforcement official with. Uh, Pretty impressive resume. We will be back on the Green Zone, 650 CKOM, 980 CJME. Welcome back to the program. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Ed Norris. That was fantastic. And uh, like I said, Ed Norris from The Wire. It's just amazing. One of the few programs, series I ever watched. It was Justified, The Wire, then Justified. And um, now I'm watching Reacher which is only eight series on prime. Very I, Reacher is, um, you remember that Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher in, um, in the movies. Uh, Alan Richardson is now a more believable Reacher because Reacher was always written by Lee Childs as a big, huge, intimidating guy. Well, Alan Richardson certainly is that. And it's been great. It's been really good. If you like action, uh, Reacher's the way to go. Anyway, great conversation with Ed Norris from Baltimore, and we'll talk about uh, more about that later on. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about our Tic Tac 20 contest. If any team scores on Saturday, which has 12 games starting at 11.30 Saskatchewan time, if any team scores within the first 20 seconds, Matthew Kostinik, Kostinik, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, if I butchered that name. We'll win $1,500. That will make you feel better for me mispronouncing your name. So, Matthew, good luck. If you want to enter the contest, just go to CKOM or CGME.com. Go to the contest page. Scroll down. Just put your name in and all the information. And you could win and be eligible to win just like Matthew. So, $1,500 if any team scores in the first 20 seconds of the games tomorrow. 12 of them on the slate. Let's go to the one-minute drill. <laughs> 